The 48 Laws of Power series is going to be a great way for future students and parents of students to learn about my wife and I, the founders and operators of Solid Foundations. In this series of podcasts, we will be discussing the laws of power and how we either use them or they use us. I'm sure if you are listening to this podcast, you are familiar with the Solid Foundation's mission. You know everything we do is to instill confidence in our youth. With that being said, I thought it would be cool to start a mini-series that allows us to tell stories of our past, particularly as teens and into our early 20s. These stories will describe how we personally fell victim to or used to our advantage each of the 48 laws of power that Robert Greene wrote about in his book. Don't worry, of course we will continue to do our regular program. We have plenty of guests lined up and will continue to keep uploading those important interviews. As always, I hope we deliver some value to you through our podcast. These episodes will best serve those who want power, observe power, or wish to arm themselves against power. Out of all the books that you've read, why do you want to do a miniseries on this particular book? I chose The 48 Laws of Power because, one, it's one of my favorite books, but I thought it had a lot of valuable life lessons in there that I could see just reading their stories. My mind was constantly digging and reminding myself of, of things that I went through in my past. And even though I didn't know those laws back then, I didn't even know it existed, I was able to relate those laws to what I have been through and to me it just it it gets me excited because it's new knowledge to have and when I can look back and I can some of the dates in there are talking like you know 500 BC or 300 AD we're talking hundreds of years ago even thousands of years ago that these same laws of power have been getting used throughout the centuries and if it worked for kings and queens and and famous aristocrats and 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 just powerful people that that you know i could use it you could use it all the teens and kids that if they learn it they can use it growing up and if they know that ahead of time to me it's going to make them more more powerful, more more stronger leaders, and I like history stories, so that's why I think I dug that book so much. Uh, we're not going to sit here and read all the histories. So I don't think there's uh, uh, maybe people that listen aren't as history uh, into history as I am, but I thought it did a great job of helping relate stories of the past to what we go through in our daily lives. So in this book, you have the transgressions of the law, the observance of the law, and the keys to power. Can you elaborate? And the reversal. Like, what does all that mean as far as the laws? So there's the law, and then Robert Greene will go into uh, two different versions of it. The transgression means when somebody violates the law, and he'll go into a story in history of when somebody violated that law and the consequences they faced because they didn't they didn't use that power and then he'll give you another example when somebody 
uh, what which he calls the observance of the law, which when somebody used it and how it benefited them. And so those those are the difference between the transgression and the observance. And he gives you he gives you those two details. Uh, um, in our series, you know, we're only going to choose one, either transgression or the observance, and 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 you'll hear you know our stories on that. Hello, welcome back. This is Crystal and Gilbert, and we are on our 48 Laws of Power series podcast. So today we're going to go over the law two. Um, so what we're going to do something a little different this chapter is we're going to go over the transgression of the law and the observance of the law. So, law two, never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. The judgment, be wary of friends. They will betray you more quickly, for they are easily aroused to envy. They also become spoiled and tyrannical. But hire a former enemy, and he will be more loyal than a friend, because he has more to prove. In fact, you have more to fear from friends than from enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. So the transgression of the law, um, the story that the book gives us in mid 9th century AD, a young man named Michael III um, took throne of the Byzantine Empire. And so at this time, Michael was really, Michael III, excuse me, was really young and inexperienced ruler and he needed someone he can trust to help him. So he had a really good friend that was a horse trainer and his name was Basilius and he was like his best friend so when he became emperor he kept moving his position up he became the royal head of the or head of the royal stables he kept moving him up kept moving him up and soon he became um, the head of the army well as time went on there's a lot of things that happen in this story where he trusted Basilius a lot um, but towards the end of his ruling he started to become pretty broke. So uh, Basilius uh, had money, he had power. Uh, so he turned to his good friend, uh, Basilius, and asked him for some money. And much to his shock, Basilius, was, he told him no. And so Michael III, he kind of sat there and realized how much power he, he has and how much money he has. Well, a couple weeks later after or a few weeks later after Michael had asked him for some money and he his best friend turned him down um, he woke up surrounded by his friend Basilius and some so, and some sh- soldiers and they stabbed him to death um, what I thought was really powerful was on chapter in page 10 it said then after proclaiming himself Emperor he rode his horse through the streets of Byzantine brandishing the head of his former benefactor and best friend at the end of a long pike. Yeah, it's like it wasn't enough to uh, take full advantage and then take over and kill him. He went and showed it off to the rest of the the kingdom. Yep, his good old friend. So as far as the transgression of the law, Gilbert, um, how have you used or um, what examples do you have in your life or in your past for these transgressions so me as a young business owner I started off as my crew grow 
grew was to hire all my friends. And my friend were, were uh, homies that, that I had grew up with, with some, since teenage years and also some family members. So we had done, as the business grew, I, I brought more and more of my friends along. And we had done jobs together. We, we were to the point to where we made a good name for ourselves. And although there was some things that uh, were going on with my friends, maybe didn't make the best workers, but I turned my eye, my eyes away from it because I wanted, I valued our friendship. But anyways, we we had got this one job, and the building had got turned over from the construction company. So the construction company had the building inspected said okay there's no more flaws our punch list is done the building's ready to hand over the keys so when they do that now it's on us if anything gets damaged they know that it was the furniture guys that did it um, so we went in we got this job done we completed everything went pretty smooth except for the next day I got a phone call from the project manager who had hired us saying that there was some tagging in the bathroom and so when he said tagging i just i automatically thought it was like a tagging crew some some tagger got in there after hours and and tagged something up in the bathroom I, there was no way that i thought it could have been my my homeboys we had done way too many jobs together and nothing like that ever happened and also they knew the importance of doing something what that would cause to the business but i i talked to the project manager and i said okay uh, can you tell me like to you the best of your ability what the tagging says so then I could bring it to my guys and um, and present them with it and so he told me and, and I was thinking he's gonna tell me something that makes no sense to me and but I'll still do my part just to make everybody feel good but then he told me what the letters were and so when he told me what those letters were that were tagged I knew it had to be my homies because that's what they banged and so I just um, I told him okay, I, I'd go along with the process. I set a meeting with my with my crew, and like I said, it was comprised with with my homies that I've known for going close to ten years now, and and family members. And I and I asked them, guys. The project manager called and asked if we any of our guys tagged in the bathroom, and of course they were no kind of blink not not a lot to say but just like no that wasn't us and so that's when I let him know what it said and I said look I know it was somebody on the crew because this is what was tagged up and uh, since none of you are coming clean with it then I'm gonna have to let the whole crew go and so I'll let you guys talk amongst them uh, with yourselves and I just need to an answer by the next day so the next day came and uh, still to this day, I don't know if they came up with a scapegoat or if it was an actual person, but they did give up one person and uh, I let that person go and he's no longer working uh, with, he was no longer working with the company. And uh, that was that, our relationship with the guys that, my relationship with the guys that stayed on never, never was the same after that. 
So did you change the way you hired? Since you did hire a lot of your friends and and family, did you change the way you hired? I definitely changed the way I hired when I was hiring my friends and my family members who hung out with the, those same friends. It was it was almost in a sense of me desperately wanting them to have an opportunity to use what having a full-time job had done for me. And so I always had that in mind when I brought, brought them in. So I made them like full-time employees. I split the work amongst them and um, as evenly as I could. So as many people could get as much hours as they could, but I stopped doing that. I stopped doing that and I still needed workers to get work done, but I would bring them on like on, as a day labor basis and just keep a much closer eye on them. And so on the judgment, it says they will betray you more quickly. So this crew, is this like the first time, like the first job you had them do? Is this like the first time you've ever had a project? For that, for that particular crew at the time, they had been working with us for a while. There's some who had been working with us for years. And then there are some who maybe had just been with us for a few months. <clears throat> but they all knew they all knew about my business i was one i was one of the main employers of our of our homies from the hood so they um they had a good record there may be one or two times where we'd be working in conjunction with other companies and uh, there was a time where they said a wallet went missing but in during investigation they found out it was another moving company that was on the job who did it so that stuff like strengthened my trust in these guys is like yeah they're not the best employees but that we all have each other's back and we're all going to do what's best for each other to make sure we have a, a job tomorrow right on so now moving on that we're going to go ahead and head to the observance of the law so back in um, history, would you like to uh, fill us in and what happened as far as the observance of law too? Yes, I would. Uh, before I do that, though, I would just like to say to the to the youth out there who's listening, uh, a good way to not make the mistake that I made is to test your friends. Like there was there was times where the guys would do things that I didn't agree with or question, but I never brought it. To their attention and I just feel if you put your friends to the test you let me let me say let me say that differently if you don't put them to the test it's real easy for you guys to continue on with the friendship never really knowing when things get rough are you really truly friends so I would just say put your friends to the test somehow some way and see what comes of it um, when it comes to the observance of the law, for several centuries after the fall of the Han Dynasty in AD 222, Chinese history followed the same patterns of violent and bloody coups. So one emperor would take power, then all the people beneath him, they would conspire and then kill that emperor, and then somebody else would then become emperor. And this just this kept happening over and over and over. But in AD 959, General Chao Kuyang Yin, he thought differently. He said, 
I'm going to bring in, I know what's going on. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to bring in all these guys that I know are going to conspire to kill me. And I'm going to make them my friends. And so he brought them all in to, to the palace. And when they all came in, he threw in a big party, big feast, got everybody drunk. And then he closed the doors behind them. And they all thought they were dead. They all thought they had got set up and they were going to be dead. But instead, he divided up parts of the kingdom and gave them riches and land and things that they never thought would, would happen. That's not how it was done before. So in turn, he, be kind of, he gave them like what they wanted without the fear of, the, of being killed because you were emperor for having that stuff. So he in turn turned his enemies into friends and he ruled the kingdom uh, for many years peacefully. Okay, so as far as I will be going, I would be giving an example of how the observance of the law worked for me. Um, never put too much trust in friends and learn how to use your enemies. Well, back in the day, I wouldn't choose the best men or guys or boys as you would and actually really call them. And along with that, it came, um, you know, with cheating and just I had... A lot of girls or women that I just didn't like I just because of the men that I chose so I also was a bully and a lot of those women those girls I would I would bully around I would whenever I would see them I would try to fight them or just some kind of bullying I that was me and so um, years later I remember running into one and a few days uh, well I had to be like I think it was that day or the next day I ran into her and I'm trying to put a so okay so this particular girl we actually would follow each other on social media like years later and I felt like that was our kind of way of like kind of squashing our drama um, but then I actually saw her and then you know we said our like smile and said like a polite hello and then that day or next day i remember thinking like why don't like the real reason why i don't like her didn't like her was because of some guy like some loser you know she's not with them i'm not with them like why is it that i don't like her and so i actually i don't remember if it was facebook instagram but i messaged her and i was like hey do you want to go get a drink with me and she replied saying yes. And so we sat down and she actually thought like I was probably going to set her up or something like that. That's how much of a bully I was. Like that she thought I was I wasn't going to get like we weren't going to go get a drink. I was just going to try to, you know, fight her. Um but we sat down, we talked, um and she was actually really really cool. Her name's Cassandra. <laughs> and um we ended up getting drinks often and just getting to know each other and I just realized how tight she was you know and on one of our uh, happy hours she was like oh yeah my mom's looking for um she's a hairstylist she's looking for a change and at that time I had just literally started um owning the salon or partnering it up with your mom so I need we needed hairstylists we didn't have any <laughs> so uh, I was like, well, let her know that we're hiring. And she came in for an interview and we loved her. And she literally has been with me 
ever since. So she was like my first hire and she, I can't even say enough good things about her. Like she is, I always say like every business needs a Yoli cause she's just the shit. She's every, like she has helped me in my business in so many ways. And it all stemmed from this enemy that I had, you know, like, so it just, what a life-changing experience it was for me to like turn this enemy into a friend so what was the level of your guys's relationship when we say enemy with cassandra back when you guys were and this was teenagers when you guys were going yeah it was teenagers um we would never went to the same school she was a year older than me um but I just anytime I would see her I would just aim for her I would just try to fight her or like kind of like oh I heard you know like she was at this place I'm like all right let's go you know and when I got there she wasn't there and I was just like it was always just like I was always out to get her Mm -hmm. and when you ran into her was it was it uh you said it could have been on social media or it could have been just out like how exactly did it happen when you say you ran into was it something that you planned to do did you go searching (laughs) for her no i didn't go searching for her this is like when i was a little older so Uh no i didn't go looking for anybody at that age anymore (laughs) but um we like i said we followed each other on social media so in my head and maybe in hers too um I felt like that was us squish, squashing our shit. Just the fact that you now followed each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Media, like, oh, you know, like we're that, cool that's now. That's water under the bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I remember coming out of um, Ross, and I think she was passing by or going into it. I don't remember. And she had her kids with her, and that's when it was just like she, you know, like it just kind of dawned on me, like, oh, like, why do I fucking hate her so much? Because it's a fucking loser, like, and I don't know, I just, it kept, like, something about it, like, just kept, like, it was stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. That, that question of why. Yeah, and especially seeing her with her kids, and she looked like, you know, like, someone I would be friends with, and she looked like a nice, she looked nice, she looked, you know, like, it just didn't make any kind of sense to me, and for some reason just stuck into my head. And so, when you set that when you set up the the happy hour Mm -hmm. what was your thought process going in into that were you really just having no idea and saying let's see where this leads or were you going in there to like make amends to say hey i'm sorry for being a bully during our during our teenage years um honestly i had no agenda i was i was even like what am i gonna do like what am I doing? You know, like, I'm just asking her to, like, happy hour. And she said, yeah. And she said, yeah. Like, what are we going to talk about? Like, I knew we were going to have to talk about uh, our past. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's no way to, like, get past that and just have a good time, but that be, like, the elephant in the room. So I knew I had to, like, take control on that end. So I knew I was going to apologize because I was the bully in the situation. And she was just like, you know, like, mm-hmm. honestly, like, back in the day, like, I took her boyfriend, <laughs> you know, like, it was me that was an asshole, well, you know, I didn't know at mm-hmm. that time, but it wasn't like, um, I don't know, it wasn't, I just knew that that was something I had to do, was just apologize, and then just, it just kind of, like, took off naturally from there. 
something you had to do for yourself regardless of how she was gonna take it or not yeah like i knew like she she seemed like a nice girl you know so i knew that she i wasn't gonna be confronted with like an attitude or meanness or rudeness kind of thing um but i didn't know how it would continue after my apology Mm -hmm. um but i knew i had to do it like and then hey maybe this will be like a whole awkward like happy hour but at least like i don't know for some reason i felt like that's something i needed to do and you now what advice would you give crystal back when she was in her bully years Mm. and even you know a little bit after that where you said in your mind you guys you still were enemies of some sort even though you had really no reasoning anymore what what piece of advice would you give her um i think it would be that's a good question i would just say well i guess because a lot of the bullying that i had was due to a man or due to a guy so I'd be like, fuck guys, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, like, it'd be like, why have an enemy? Like, what is the actual reason to have that enemy? Like, Cassandra was my first time to ever do something like that. And I realized how easy it was. Not easy, but like, how much of like, a weight lifted off my shoulders that it was. That if I could just be like, if you do it, like, just how good it would feel after and ever since that I actually like there's probably like a good amount of girls that like I would run into like at the clubs or bars or just down the street and I'd be like hey you know like and I'd just be like hey I just wanted to apologize for being like such a bitch back in the day like just that dude and that changed a lot and even like the face that they would make would be like shocked you know like just complete shock Mm -hmm. and so it was just like i remember i till this day like some of the girls that i did apologize to like they're some of my really good clients you know so it it works like there's no reason to have enemies i mean at least not enemies for a guy yeah Yeah, really examine the reasonings (laughs) exactly like you know there's I think like having those enemies did more to me than it did to them. Gotcha. Thank you. Let's let's close it out with the uh, with the judgment. Yes, law two. Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. Be wary of friends. They will betray you more quickly, for they are easily aroused to envy. They also become spoiled and tyrannical. <laughs> I'll study that word later. But hire a former enemy and he will be more loyal than a friend because he has more power to prove. In fact, if you have more if you have more to fear from friends than from enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. Alright. Till next time. Later on. Thank you for listening. If you found value in this episode, please share it. Also, we get asked uh, quite a bit, how can we support Solid Foundations? So I'm going to give you a few ways that um, you can, or if you have somebody asking you how can they support Solid, here's a few ways. 
If you know anybody looking to buy or sell a home, refer them to us. We have um, my sister, Lorena Regalado, who's a licensed realtor. She's on our board and uh, any sales or commissions that she received, she gives a nice chunk to solid to help um, support the program. Also, construction material. Every Wednesday, we have a work ethic class where we teach the youth how to build different things. And uh, that, I would say that's probably the most costly part of our program is, is, is buying that material. So if you know of any um, people who are in construction or you're doing a home project and you have things left over, we can use um, scrap material and any tools that you come across. Also another way is to buy solid gear. Right now we have hats and towels uh, ready in stock. The um, students also, they'll be building things to sell. So in the next few weeks in the work ethic classes, we're gonna be having them build things that would go in a home, like um, shelves in particular is probably the things we're gonna start with. Shelves that you could hang uh, pictures on and uh, kind of stuff that you would decorate your house with. So that's another great way. This will help the students earn a little bit of money, but also get that satisfaction of knowing that something that they've built with their own hands is actually wanted by other people in their community. So that's a, that's also a great way. If all else fails, you know, you don't know, uh, don't have any homes that need to be bought or sold. No construction material. You you've already bought gear. Um, another uh, the last resort is our GoFundMe. You can go to our GoFundMe page and look up Solid Foundations Program and make a any uh, type of donation there. Uh, big, small, every everything helps. So again, I appreciate you listening to this episode and until next time, take care.